episode 23. My name is Russ Shaw. The website is asi247.org. Welcome. I fell down, down, down to this dark and lonely hole. There was no one there to care about me anymore. And I needed a way to climb and grab a hold of the edge. You were sitting there holding a rope and we'll go up, up, up. But I'll fly a little higher. Go up in the clouds because the view's a little nicer. Yes, somebody dropping you a line for a better point of view, right? Pulling us up out of the hole, out of the clouds. In the 12-step tradition, um, there's there's a question, right? It, it, the question comes to motivation and, and why we would do the things, right? Why would we take these steps? Why would we admit these steps? Why would we say these steps, why would we do the things that the steps ask us to do? You know, the, the question goes to motivation. And maybe I can solve, hopefully for you, some dissonance as to why we would um, step for create a fearless inventory of ourselves and our, 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 our morals, so to speak made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves as step four. Step five, admitted to God ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs heading into step five. What does that look like? Why would we do it? What is the difference between getting to, right? Like I get to do a step five. I get to do a step four. And the, the kind of pressure, feeling like we have to, I have to do a step four, I have to do a step five. I'm buckling under the strain of my addiction. Um, which one is right, which one is wrong, and, and how do we move into the future? Hopefully I can start to unpack answering that question for you today. After the last show was, was pretty intense. What does it look like to get out of the fog, to get out of the Clouds. That song is called Clouds, by the way. And you can download a uh, you can download that song on the website asi247.org. Click on the music tab and all of the the music the bumper music that I play on the show. These are bumper probos, as you would say in talk radio. Uh, this is a podcast, so it is under the genre of speech media. But I do play promo bumpers and you can yeah you can download those i go a step further right and just playing promo bumpers but uh yeah you can go to the website and you can download the songs from google play or itunes or amazon uh usually so get that out of the way keep my nose clean with the recording industry I was on Facebook this morning and a longtime listener to the show, a guy I consider a, a friend, though I've never met him physically, right? <laughs> Shaking hands in real life. Um, he posted a comment about 
weight loss. Like he's lost some weight in, in a struggle that he's had for a long time. Um, and he posted this thing about, you know, he's lost X amount of pounds and, and he, and he says, you know, I thank Jesus Christ for my, you know, getting to this point. And, and somebody chimed in at the, right underneath his comment and said, no, Mark, you should thank yourself for doing that because you did that. Right. Um, pat yourself on the back a little and that's cool and that's okay. Um, what my friend who's lost the weight is doing is is he's acknowledging you know Jesus as as better than his willpower because his willpower wasn't enough, and I said yeah great job for you know looking for a different savior, so yeah there's a little bit of a pat on the back to that right like good for you that you repented of sin that's not what I said on the Facebook post but that's what we're doing when we crack this you know getting out of the cycle of addiction it's called repentance in theological terms see food is a horrible savior right like sex is a horrible savior like alcohol is a horrible savior like drugs are a horrible savior they they don't complete us we're looking for something to complete us and and that's another thing about religion what religion will do is religion will kind of scapegoat those things and say that uh well alcohol is bad you should never drink alcohol sex is bad it's only for procreation you shouldn't have sex it's contrary to the bible by the way the bible talks about sex being made for pleasure all right if you don't believe me read the song of songs all right songs of solomon it's it's all about sexual pleasure and there's not one mention in there of having babies and yes sex is for procreation and pleasure all right so anyway clearing that up um when we scapegoat stuff, we're also not taking full responsibility for our sin, for the, the disease that's in us, for this, this thing that fights against God, the, the, the thing in our flesh that wants to war against our spirit. That's what we're doing. Blame shifting, uh, looking for someone else to save us. Well, <clears throat> well, I got help over here, so, so I guess that means that, that, that you should save me or you should move in. And, and I've had emails like that. I've had people in group like that, like trying to cling on to other folks um, when it really is it's, it's a heart decision behind our eyes that we make to choose to get better, to get healthier. And then the Spirit moves within us. The Spirit moves when, when I didn't have enough willpower. Right. Like I didn't do this on my own. I'll tell you right now, I didn't conquer. Right. I'm not Mr. Conquered sexual addiction in the first place. I still have my temptations, but I've, I'm free from my compulsions the way. I mean, uh, the, the grossness of my sexual addiction, it, it was really, really bad. So having some freedom and some victory over that, I also I, I thank Jesus Christ for giving me the courage the Holy Spirit helping to work in my heart to, to take those steps to grow a pair, right? Another word for courage to step out and to break this cycle of addiction. Um, and then to, to give me the, the power when I didn't have enough willpower. So um, that's another thing I wanted to talk about is not letting ourselves fall into the trap of blaming 
You know, I, we have our weaknesses. I have ADD, right? I mean, I got the all, you could label me. I had another doctor said I'm probably bipolar, right? You could label me with a couple of different psychological diagnoses that, you know, I, I, I don't know, right? But what do we do about it? If we do have those weaknesses, if we do have those um, psychological disorders, if that's what it is, then what are we going to do about it? Because we have a ch- chance and a choice to love. To love God and to love others that are near us. So in some of America's bad religion, there's this confusion about what it means to be in relationship with God. And and sometimes a shallow relationship with God makes it all about our behavior. Like if I have to be good to earn God's favor, or I have to be good or else God doesn't like me, or God doesn't love me now. God loves a future version of me that I got to get to, and then God will love that guy. But me today, yeah, God and I aren't, aren't on good terms. And, and that's just simply not true. Romans 5, 8, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While I was jacked up doing the worst things, Christ died for me. That's how he demonstrates his love, not by you earning his favor. All right? That's a myth. That's a lie of religion. Again, Romans 5 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That kind of blows apart this, oh, I have to get to the place, then God will love me. That's. It's not true. According to scripture, that's not true. He already loves you. It's the opposite of works-based religion. When you wake up and decide to look up, right? Realize that the favor that God has on your life was given to you at the cross. At the cross of Christ. That God did come into time and space as a man, right? First Corinthians 15. I give this to you as first importance, right? That Christ was crucified and he raised again on the third day. This is human history, not religion. So again, my faith doesn't default on my behavior and my performance, all right? My identity can look past things like alcohol and thank the creator of it. Um, alcohol. I can, I can see past the, the bottle as a way to, to numb myself or drown my sorrows or, right, or find my identity. I can look past alcohol and see that that was God's idea for, for you know, hops and, and grains to ferment and to taste like that and, and for wine to gladden the heart, as it says in Psalms 104. Right? See, my identity doesn't have to stop at that point of the bottle. It can push past that it's God's idea. God makes the wine that gladdens the heart. God is the creator. It, it, sex was God's idea. He, he, it was his, he wanted it to feel that good. All right? It's me that makes it a God and a savior because I don't understand how much he loves me. And maybe I have some confusion about my performance in my relationship with him. Does that make sense? Um, see, when we worship the created thing 
over the creator. It just ends in death. And it has to do with, I've learned this throughout my life, it really has to do with this, this slow fade of, of not being in relationship with him, of not seeking his presence, you know? God loves us. God gives us good gifts. And our obedience becomes a get-to thing, not a have-to thing. Obedience is birthed out of love for God because we get to. Not because he's going to come down on us if we don't, right? He loves us. He wants to direct our paths. We are, we are clay. He is the potter. Right? These kinds of terms, when it comes to obedience towards God, it's a relationship thing. All right? It's a get-to thing, not a have-to thing. And our desires start to change when we seek out His presence, when we seek out relationship with Him. Not because we have to, because if we don't, He's going to come get us. No, because we get to, because He is love. Because God is love. All right, God didn't create love. God is love, and out of love, God created. That's true. It's good news. So, you know, in the Bible, Paul talks about pharmacia, right? The uh, pharmaceutical, the word pharmaceuticals came from this word, but he's also talking in there about addiction, like being addicted to drugs. Um, Again, being a Christian sees that we can look past, I can look past the, the drug, right, that may help me for a season and see God who created the people who designed, you know, who wanted to help others and who put these medications together to help us. Because there's some religious people that say, oh, taking any kind of psychotropic drugs is always bad. Um, no. All right. Again, I thank God that I live in a day and age where we have scientists who know a thing or two about the way our brain chemistry works. And that when we get to a really depressed state and we're a really anxious state where we're, we feel, you know, we're not even functional, that there is medication for that. All right. And, and honestly, they can help you feel normal for a season. And maybe this is a, a step out to start to, to reach, you know, to, to make a decision because you love those in your family, because you love those in your community, because you can break out of this shell that you have around yourself to reach out and start to get help. Maybe seeing a doctor about some medication it would be a good idea if you're in such a depressed state. And, and that's the good news of medication is that they can help you feel normal for a season. Now, having said that, yes, it's not healthy to stay on medication for the rest of your life. Um, and that's part of my faith as well. It, it, trusting in God, trusting in, in Jesus that, that, uh, yes, I, you can use that medication as a resource. You can go to a doctor and talk to him about that as a resource, but God it was his idea to have those folks be in the medical field to develop these medications, but also that they're not, we're not supposed to live on them. You know, most of us, Susan Nolan Huxma, who's a, 
clinical psychologist. She is uh, writes books. All right, this isn't Russ Shaw talking. Okay, just so you know, she writes textbooks for Yale and Harvard. She she speaks at, at universities all over the world. She is world renowned expert on depression and anxiety, and she will say that it's it's like less than one percent of people that need to be on medication for life. The rest of us need to talk out our feelings. We need to learn how we've we've grown into the state where um, we're always anxious or we're always depressed or right that medications are a good tool, but they're not savior. All right, we don't get to blame our psychological. Uh, for staying, you know, whatever weaknesses that we have, we don't get to blame them for staying, for not loving others, for not letting love fill our hearts. Yes, we may have our weaknesses, and yes, our, our minds may be um, in trouble, but we can choose love, and choosing love is choosing to get help. Episode 23 in full effect. It's, it's, I, I found my gifting is more of a coach than a kind of therapist, counselor, hold your hand, give you a tissue. Uh, how does that make you feel, right? Um, I, I'm interested in how it makes you feel. No, don't get me wrong. Um, but I do, my, my job is more of a motivator, maybe to move you in a certain direction. The definition of coach even before it was a like a sports kind of a, a term, right? Hey, coach, you know, get me in the game, right? It, it, before it was even that, it, uh, you go back to the some of the roots of it, some of the history of the word coach or coaching. Um, it, it goes back to Oxford University. It goes back to the people who were being tutored. And the way they looked at this is, I need to know some information. I need to get to a place, right? And so I'm going to get a coach to get me from point A to point B. Does that make sense? So there's a lot of folks who email me, and I just want to, you know, I'm not apologizing for what I said, but I do want you to know where I'm coming from. I love you. I think it's great that you want to chat and talk, um, but but when it's a when it's the same person who does this over a period of, of like years, right, and you're just still the big thing that I really wanted to put through in the last show was to stop, you know, break out of this kind of lone ranger cowboy mentality and and get into a group of other folks and open yourself up and be vulnerable, right? That's how we grow. 
It really is. Don't tell me. Listen, you know, and, and this that's the thing about talking to a group. There's some of you who I may have offended, and, and maybe I wasn't talking to you, <laughs> and maybe you took it as I was. But the facts are, my challenge to, for you is that you would love your wife. If you're married, I want you to love your wife. If you have a girlfriend, boyfriend, if you're, um, if you're a woman and you're struggling with sexual integrity and you have a husband or a boyfriend, I want you to love that guy. If you're not married to him, I don't want you to love him physically yet, but love, love that person. Love someone else besides yourself. And if you're struggling with sexual integrity, a big way that you love that person is that you humble yourself enough to go to a group of people, whether that's a, a men's group or a Bible study, and again, a, a non-superficial religious Bible study. If everybody in there is just, you know, talking about what's in the Bible and how everyone else should act, then you should run from that Bible study. If you go to a Bible study and you're a Christian and people are talking about the Bible and, 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 and opening it up and measuring their life against it instead of their, their wife or you know, the guy at work or the culture, right? No, the, 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 our relationship with God and a lot of these, you know, the rules, so to speak, right? The law um, and then grace and our reaction to grace has to do with us, has to do with our relationship with God. How's your relationship with God? That's what a point of a Bible study should be about Jesus. It's about what Jesus did. It's not about what I do. It's about what he did and what he's doing for me and how he's changing me. So, again, be discerning if you're in a church and you go to a Bible study and, and people aren't, aren't vulnerable. If everybody just talks about how good they are and how pretty they are, you should go to a different, you should leave, right? Maybe even consider leaving that church if no one's honest. When churches get really political, all right? I mean, that's that's a sign that you should probably start looking for another church. Jesus never carried a picket sign. Jesus never ran for office. Jesus was always after the heart. He, he was always after impacting the heart. So, anyway, all right, just putting that out there. Be discerning. A 12-step group. If everybody's talking about how they're diseased, right, and it's not their fault, then find another 12-step group, all right? If people are just wallowing and no one's really growing and changing, no one's seeing any victory, chances are there's some kind of victim mentality going on or there's a, a disease syndrome. All right, I, I agree with the metaphor of disease as long as it's under... Here's the deal. It makes a lot more sense in Christian theology. Why? Because we all are... We're sinful beings. We are. We make mistakes. We're sinful since birth, David said. You know, out of the womb, I was born in iniquity. I mean, stuff like that, right? Um, we're sinners. Yes, we, we're, we're disease, we have a diseased heart and soul, and it takes a lot of spiritual work and effort to see someone else besides ourselves. And that's spiritual growth. All right? So if you're going to love... Guys, I'll speak to guys for a minute here, all right? Because it seems to be a lot of emails I'm getting recently. If you're going to love your wife, don't tell me, give me excuses of how you don't want to go to that men's group or that 12-step group or that Bible study. Don't give me excuses. You're not loving your wife and you're not 
serious about how bad you feel about the fact that you're a sex addict. You aren't. You want you you're choosing that. And it and it this is something that we've talked about, you know, in, in Mars Hill Church, born in, in Seattle in the gritty Ballard, you know, and we've seen victory people have I'm just, not just sex, but heroin and meth and 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 man, it's it's beautiful to see that. But honestly, there's guys who have to be told, listen, if you're serious, things things will change. Like you'll come to this group and maybe open yourself up, or maybe you have more drugs to do, right? If that's your savior, I can't step in and change that for you. If your savior is your penis, or your savior is a, another woman's body, or a flickering image on a screen that's sexual, and you th- really think that that's going to save you, first of all, let's look at the track record. You're here miserable listening to me, right? It's not. It's a bad savior. It's not working. So, if you're going to break the cycle, as I talked about in the last show, it's going to take being honest, and it's going to take getting into a group, because you do not change all by yourself. Is this a Jesus plus thing, Russ? No, all right? Your salvation is based on what Jesus did, not what you do. But part of this, Jesus' bride being the church, is that we confess our sins to one another. All right? We talk about it. And he is faithful and just to forgive us all of our sins. First John 4. All right? We, we talk to one another. James talks about it. Pray for one another. Be in each other's lives. Know what's behind the counter. Right? Not just in the front, you know, office. Behind the counter. Behind the scenes. What's going on in your heart that most people don't see? Do you have anybody that you share that with? No, then you're choosing to stay addicted sexually because you're crying out for intimacy and all the stuff you're using to fill it isn't working. Your spouse, you, you, a, a lot of guys, especially women too, you think that he or she is supposed to complete you somehow and make you whole and that's just not true. You married a sinful human being. They're not going to complete, they're not going to make you whole. They're not, their point, their point of being in life is not to please you. I mean, that'd be nice, right? But they're, they have their own story and their own journey. And love them, walk alongside them, that's great. But in order for you to walk alongside them, you have to get them off the throne of your heart and put Jesus on the throne of your heart. Because they're they'll make a horrible God. Your wife makes a horrible God. Alright? Your kids are gonna make a horrible God. They aren't gonna do it for you, they're going to disappoint. All false gods and idols disappoint over time. Your husband not doing all the things that he should do, ladies. That He's not filling your needs the way that you think he ought to. It's because your hungry, thirsty soul is, is reaching for something else. It needs something else on that throne. 
not him and not her all right so stop looking at them with condemnation you know this cowboy metaphor where intimacy is just you know we think we can live without it and you know the cowboy or the cowgirl out on the field all by herself she's got her self-righteous six gun on one hip and you know the passive aggressive sawed off shotgun on the other hip no it's time to it's time to lose that identity and get with uh, I don't know some musketeers or <laughs> I don't know I'm out of metaphors at this point <laughs> you get what I'm saying right it's time to join the James gang. I don't know. <laughs> you get what I'm saying though, right? Don't tell me that you love your wife and you want to stop being a sex addict if you're going to choose to stay alone. That's the point of my last show. That's why I got really angry. Because I hear guys say, oh, you know, I went to this, I went to a, a seminar or something and, and you know, I went there for a weekend. And what did they tell you at the seminar? Uh, they told me I should get in a group. And then they sent me to this group that cost $100 a week. I don't have $100 a week. There's a lot of groups that don't cost anything. Most AA groups and, and SA groups and NA groups don't cost a dime. Most of them. I, I've yet to have heard of a Bible study where they charge you. All right? A men's group at a church. Real men who are walking through life together. I, I'm, I've yet to see one of those that that is going to send you a bill. So, again, you want to you want to be stubborn. I, I, I hurt for your wife. I hurt for your spouse. A lot of you Christian guys, some of you are in ministry. Yeah, you're my Christian brother, but your spouse is my Christian sister. And I will be her voice to you if she doesn't know anything because you're hiding your little sex secrets in the dark still. Jesus says, you know, you got to be in the light. Walk in the light as he is in the light. That's what John says, right? Darkness will flood the light. First John, you know, the, the light does not get overcome by darkness. Darkness always submits to light. Always. You shine a little tiny flame in a dark stadium and everybody's eyes will go to that flame. It's the way things are. I pray that you get out of the darkness. And I pray for my Christian sisters um, that the future doesn't end in some bomb going off some train wreck or some venereal disease, God forbid. Or you thinking, oh, this other younger woman makes me feel so much younger. Well, that's great. That your little God is going to lie to you and you're going to believe that. God of self, man. I, I, I get it. It's difficult. The only hope we have is, is the Holy Spirit. The only hope we have is the grace that God gives us. I heard this story. Uh, C.S. Lewis was talking about world religions. And, and uh, he said that, 
you know, a bunch of atheist professors. And, and C.S. Lewis who was a professor at Oxford. He was a professor at Cambridge, and and these uh, you know atheist dudes get together and they're you know philosophical, and they pull Lewis into this room and they say, you know, hey, they have the chart with all these different religions, you know, all over it, and and you know, in the circle and stuff, and and they look at Lewis and they go. Okay, what difference is, is this God from that God? And, and aren't they just all the same? Aren't all these gods just talking about the same thing? Morality, live a better life. And uh, what's the difference between Jesus and Christianity? And, and C.S. Lewis, who, again, is not a boron, right? <laughs> he's, not, he's not some religious redneck quoting scripture and hating gays or whatever, you know, right? He's... He's not. He's he's pretty, pretty brilliant man. He's a professor of, of medieval literature, professor of literature, right? Um, knows a lot of stories, and he said uh, he looked at their chart and he and he looked at them and he said that's easy. It's grace. He said these other religions don't don't get grace. They're trying they're trying to be better and do better and achieve some kind of you know enlightenment and when they get there then God will be okay with them or they'll reach their nirvana or whatever it is the God of the Bible isn't like that the God of the Bible says you you're already saved you're already loved completely and unconditionally loved that's hard for some of you to hear but that's true that's what the Bible says. It's us that runs full bore towards hell and rejects Christ. It's not that God is crumpling up human beings as pieces of paper and throwing them into a wastebasket. God gives us all grace. You, he's, not, he's not in love with and in so much more, he has so much more compassion and uh, favor, right, for, for some future version of you. The massive amount of God's favor and reward is already on you. It's through the blood of Jesus Christ. And you're saved by grace. You didn't do it yourself. It's a gift to you. And that's the difference. <laughs> Just leave these intellectual cats scratching their head. Oh, well, you know. Does that mean we just get to do whatever we want? I don't think they said that, but that's one I, I got recently. And uh, No, no, that's what changes you. That's what changed me. When I realized that God loves me no matter what I do, that changed my heart to want to see life change, to want to love my wife better. I'm loved like that. And continuing to stay in the dark was not loving my wife. When you see Jesus, when you understand, when you realize the price paid, the definition of love that is in the, the scriptures, God's story from Genesis to Revelations, it's, it's a war, you know, but it's about love. It's about love. 
and it's God's story and we play a, a teeny tiny bit part but I pray that you choose love alright so this has been a, a quick little show episode 23 in the bag take a week or two off maybe I don't know I'm going to kick this off in the fall and get right back into the steps and more interviews and stuff like that so uh, looking forward to looking forward to uh, September October November and getting this thing into gear Uh, love you guys I hope you appreciate this little chat as I'm on my way to work and uh love you guys I mean that sincerely alright I'm I'm not here to beat up on you Um, I love you guys I pray that you get up again get on your feet physically right shake off whatever it is that's keeping you down keeping its boot on you get up alright physically and 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 on your knees spiritually in submission to God ask him what he would have you do ask pray about what group you should go to what what other you know Christian fellowship that you should be in honest open where you're vulnerable alright that word vulnerable is scary I know but it is it is imperative I love you guys. I mean that sincerely. Till next time. Bye. The feeling of walking around in circles is getting old. Dead ends and detours on the road of life. They make me fall. Amaze me sometimes I cannot speak